We are so glad you've joined us for this episode of On The Move, a podcast about missions, international ministry, and how God is changing lives around the world. I'm your host, Leanne White, and today I'm joined by Scott Boyd, who has been the director of Pittsburgh Region International Student Ministries, or PRISM, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania since 2002. Welcome, Scott. I'm so excited you could be with us today. Hey, thanks, Leanne. I'm so glad to be with you. Awesome. So, Scott, while PRISM is a ministry that operates in Pittsburgh, it definitely has an international focus. Can you tell us about that, about why PRISM exists? Well, I, I think we see in Scripture, God moves people around the globe for His purposes. Many times people go places in, in an involuntary way, for example, refugees who are fleeing some bad situation. But many times people go involuntary for voluntary uh, reasons, for example, international students or business people who go to another country. So what we see in America is more than a million international students in the United States, and 13,000 of them are in our city, in the Pittsburgh region. So we see it as a mission field that God has brought to us, because 80 or so percent, 90 maybe, uh, are going home when they finish their studies and they're going back. To, some are trying to stay here to work, but most, most are going back home. And so it represents an opportunity to make an impact in their country if we can give them some introduction to the gospel while they're here, give them some roots, and then see what God will do when they go home. So that's kind of the strategy. The success stories of a ministry like this are really what happens when they go home. So we're not a church planting ministry that is a ministry of gathering people. We're a, we're a ministry of, of scattering people. And so that's uh, what, what excites me is when I see people that have passed through our city and have gone back home to do significant work in the kingdom. That's awesome. So what are some of the exciting opportunities that exist for PRISM as you work with students from all around the world? Well, I think, again, what, what excites me most, and I think is when somebody, for example, uh, a, a woman named Elizabeth came to PRISM to study English. We just have an English class. She came to that, but then she heard we had a Bible study. She jumped into that. At the very first Bible study, she committed her life to Christ. She was so ready. She had been through a, a divorce, and you know, we, we just have a community of, of believers that surround people with with Christian community and love here. And she sensed that she became a, a follower of Christ and was here for about another year and a half, got some roots in her faith. She went back to Colombia and had a successful career in business. Uh, she sensed a call to ministry and left her, her job to uh, work for a denomination in Colombia. She's now the director of projects for her denomination that has 330 churches in the country. And so she's a, an example of what we want to see happen. Now we send regular teams down there to encourage. She's involved with the uh, Christian Missionary Alliance denomination. They have the uh, mission training center there that my wife and I went down and taught a class on uh, effective ministry teams uh, to a whole bunch of young adults preparing for missions in Colombia. One person can like have this snowball effect for ministry in their home country. And they already know the language. They know the culture. They're embedded in the culture. So they can be a lot more effective, perhaps, than it would take a North American missionary years 
to be able to learn the language and raise the support and go to that country and get connected in a way that uh, nationals already are. That's so great. So are there other students that have had similar stories, similar experiences that you can think of? Yeah, the ones that, the ones that come to mind, there's a woman in Kazakhstan who came here and uh, she was actually the spouse of a visiting doctor and uh, he, he came to do research. University of Pittsburgh Medical Center was starting a facility in Kazakhstan. So they brought these surgeons in and he was just getting married. He had a fiance and she, she became his wife during their time here. And um, she would come visit. She was actually a student in another city. She would come to visit him in Pittsburgh and got involved with some of our activities and had an interest. But I got to know these doctors so well that I made a visit to see them. And when I went to Kazakhstan, she was my tour guide because they were now married. She was pregnant. She was on a maternity uh, leave. And she showed me around and I pointed her to uh, an evangelical church, which she started to attend, and she became a Christian there in her own country and was baptized. And now she is sensed to call to ministry. She's in seminary uh, at, at Columbia International University, and she's um, led six family members to faith. And you know, it's just to see how God is using her in, in such a complex place to do ministry is wonderful. I think of another Chinese couple that came to faith. They they went back, and the generation before them was largely non-religious. So they they were very quickly leaders in their home church in in Shanghai. And I checked while I was there. I couldn't really visit their church because having a foreigner visit there was too touchy. But I I got word from them that they had bought 20 people in their house church at that time. And I checked in with them two or maybe three years later. And I said, how's your church doing? And he said, well, it's great. It's now 20 churches and it's 300 people in different homes around the city. And, and and they're leaders of this movement. And I'm thinking, wow, they came to faith here in Pittsburgh and they're doing this, this work in Shanghai. So that's what fires me up about doing this is I see it as strategic Missions, you know, it always involves crossing barriers of language, of culture, of distance. Um, and international students have crossed all those barriers. They've learned our language and they're um, trying to understand our culture. And we have just such a rich opportunity to reach them. And they're some of the best and brightest, really, of the of their countries who are going back to places of leadership. Those are such awesome stories. And I can imagine that if someone is in the Pittsburgh area right now, they're probably thinking to themselves, okay, this is amazing. How can I get involved in something like this? So talk to us just for a few minutes about what your volunteer needs are, what it looks like for someone to to join you in this amazing ministry of impacting international students when they're in the Pittsburgh area. That's how this ministry runs, because we have a small staff of eight people, but uh, five full-time and three part-time, and we can't reach 13,000 students. So the way we do it is we partner with local churches. So if, if anyone is local to us, or perhaps someone has a, a ministry like PRISM in a city where they are, the way we mobilize volunteers is several ways. We, we need uh, people for actually coming to, to, to things like teaching English or coming to a, a weekly uh, dinner we do for international students. A church group will come every Friday night. They bring some potluck dishes and they bring 
10 or 15 people, and they're there to eat with and interact with international students. It's a great cross-cultural ministry mission trip without having to go anywhere, really far. And so uh, we, we involve people actually coming to events. But then there's another way that I really like because it's an online platform. It's like matching software that we use uh, to match people in what we call our connections program. So it's an online matching program where students sign up to have a friendship partner, a language partner, or a mentor. And so they, some students, believe it or not, even though they're highly uh, high-level academics, they kind of don't really know what they're doing with their life, and they, they, they're really happy to have a mentor. And so we try to find people in local churches who have maybe had some experience in certain careers that can mentor them, not just in career, but in life. Or, or some students just need help. They find Americans are friendly but busy and hard to go deeper with because there's so much individualism and movement and busyness. And, you know, they, they really want help going, finding a real friend. And so we try to do that. And this, this online platform, all the volunteers sign up and all the students sign up and based on their profile and preferences, it tells us who would be the best fit. And so then we hit the button, make well, we require people to go through a training so we can kind of screen volunteers to make sure we know where they're coming from and what church they're involved with and get some reference on them. But once we're sure about that, then we make the connection and those relationships take off. Some people uh, become like really close. Uh, others, you know, don't work as well. So we always have to monitor it because it's 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 a challenge to make those kind of connections. But there's I think we have something like 250 people in that program. So it it's something that could even grow to into the thousands uh, of people being matched and all those. Imagine how God could use all those relationships. That's uh, the number one way to volunteer with PRISM. That's really cool. So I can imagine that with students from so many different places, some challenges exist. <laughs> what comes to mind for you with some of the maybe things that are more difficult uh, or the things that are, are places where people can specifically pray for your ministry as they think about it. Yeah. Well, most of the time, cross-cultural relationships are really enjoyable and great fun. Other times, they can, they can be hard. Well, some of the challenges are students can go through a really tough time, uh, you know, dealing with just being away from home and loneliness or somebody dies in their family and they're stuck here, especially during COVID. And we had students who, who had family members pass, pass away in other countries and they couldn't even travel there. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge to meet some of the emotional needs or I think of, you know, visited students in, uh, you know, very, I would say pretty heavy duty emotional circumstances, you know, hospitalizations for depressions. And one guy from, Afghanistan recently was uh, in a bicycle accident and had a had a had a really bad hip injury and had to have a total hip replacement. And, you know, just hard situations come up with students uh, that 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 are, are um, going through tough times. Those quite often do open opportunities as well because we can care for them in ways that they have no one else to care for, for them really. So it's both. Uh, 
a challenge and, a, and an opportunity to, you know, for ministry. But then there's sometimes where there's um, miscommunications. I've, I've seen with some, uh, depending on what cultures, just the way g- genders interact and, you know, just things that we have to sometimes coach people about what's, what norms are here uh, that can be different in different countries uh, across genders. Uh, even we have to learn. I remember the, uh, one of the guys who actually became a Christian in our ministry from Iran. I remember the first time my wife saw him. You know, my, she she grew up in Hawaii. She gave him a big hug, and he he froze like you, you know that's not okay. You know, you know we have to you know continually be learning about what's appropriate, what's not in different cultural settings. Um, and the good thing about being here is is they're kind of in a learning mode, trying to learn the way we do things and we can sort of make mistakes and, and get away with it to a certain degree. But, you know, it's, it's uh, something you wouldn't want to do if you were in their country it would be more tragic. Yes. Yeah. No, that cultural communication, the, the bridging cultures can really be challenging at times. Oh yeah. When you think about your uh, little over 20 years at PRISM, what are some highlights for you? What are some things about your personal time, your role, how the ministry has grown, changed, what's happened? What what stands out to you? Well, the highlights for me, because I'm a missionary at heart, you know, I, I think the highlights are some of the friendships I've made across cultures with some of the men who've come here. And, uh, you know, I guess... To a lesser extent, you know, both genders, you know, there have been some some women, but, I, you know, obviously trying to focus on the, the men. And with those guys, I, I asked one of the women, I said, what are the guys? How do I reach the guys? All the women are coming to our stuff, but the guys aren't. And they said, well, they're really outdoorsy. So they like to do outdoors things, hunting, fishing, you know. So I took them uh, whitewater rafting. And after that event, I was like one of them. I mean, they let me, they started inviting me to every, you know, party. And it was just a highlight. It's so much so that I made a trip to go visit them. And that those are the highlights for me. When I every few years I'll go to follow up with somebody or some group of people that have been through our ministry. And so I've made trips to Kazakhstan and Thailand and Vietnam and Turkey and different places over the years. And those are just it, it seals the relationship when we knew them when they were away from home in our culture, but now you've gone to their culture to see what life looks like for them in, in, in their home setting. And it, it really makes it a mutual, really genuine friendship at that point. And that, those are the highlights uh, for me. Plus, it just gives me a chance to keep my own cross-cultural learning going uh, by, by seeing some of these guys. Uh, one guy in particular, he was just a PhD student here at, at Carnegie Mellon. And he came to our furniture. We do a furniture giveaway at the beginning of every year. So people have to set up apartments when they get off the plane with two suitcases and have to set up an apartment. So we we gather furniture from churches all over the city. Probably about last year, 450 students from 22 countries came and they all got furniture and household goods to set up their apartments. Can you imagine how like blown away they are by like, why are these people doing this? One guy from Colombia this PhD student picked up a box of dishes and the bottom fell out and they all crashed. He was so embarrassed. He broke all these dishes. I went over to help him. We laughed about it and got him another set of dishes and we became friends. And so a couple of years ago, I went to visit him in Colombia 
And he's now the dean of the national university in that country. And, you know, his career took off after he did his Ph.D. here. And so he's, he's a advisor to the president of the country. And he said to me, he said, he said, now I see the hope for my country is is more not so much in politics, but more in spiritual revival. And so here's a here's a leading economist in the country of Colombia saying something like that. And he just called me a few weeks ago. I've been working on this guy hard, you know, over the years. And finally, he called me like a few weeks ago. He says, "You'll be so happy. I'm going. I'm, I find a church that teaches the Bible in in my city, and I'm going there every week now." And he was so excited to tell me he had he had found a, a place where he could could learn the Bible. So. It's exciting when I see stories like that happening. And uh, over the 20 years, they've piled up a little bit. So I have uh, a few like that and a few more that I could mention. But uh, there's, it's, it's really quite, quite exciting when I see people uh, making an impact in their home countries. Hmm, that is exciting. So, Scott, you said that you are a missionary at heart. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, about what your background was before you came to PRISM and, and why you would have made that statement about yourself? Well, I think I sensed a missionary interest at a young age. I mean, my father took my family to Europe when I was 11 and 13. I remember being intrigued by other cultures as we camped our way around Europe in a minivan, you know, and, and, and he was an adventurer. So I would always say that's the first question I usually ask people if they're interested in missions. I say, do you like to camp? You know, because camping <laughs> always has unexpected things and it's a little uncomfortable. And so, you know, I loved the adventure of learning other cultures at a young age. But then, you know, I got involved as, you know, good in mathematics. So I ended up doing an engineering degree. But even during the engineering degree at Ohio University, I was meeting internationals and I was just those were the people I was drawn, I was interested in meeting. And so I made a lot of international friends there. Um, one guy from Ghana, he used to laugh at the American Christians who would have their quiet times. He would say, I'm going out to have my loud time. And he would, he would go <laughs> running, singing hymns and shouting joy to the Lord. You know, and he was, he would, he would have his daily loud time. But, you know, I, I loved learning from people from different cultures. I had an Iranian roommate during the Iranian hostage crisis. You know, everyone else is like terribly af afraid or rejecting Iranians at that time. And, you know, here I had this guy who was like my friend, you know, and I took him to see his first movie ever. He went to see Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. But, you know, it was like it was so much fun to, to me. To, you know, so I think that's a missionary calling when you're when you're intrigued by cultural differences and you you love facing that those uh, those differences and learning and you know uh, I think sometimes we can be afraid of cross of cultural differences so we just stay away from it uh, but I think uh, a missionary calling just is uh, you know calling to really be willing to cross barriers just as you know Christ crossed the barrier to reach us to rescue us. He calls us to cross barriers to reach others. And, and so that's, to me, a missionary calling. That makes me think of something that I learned about PRISM as I was preparing for our time together today. And that is that um, this statement that PRISM is committed to helping students consider how to live a life of faith and trust in the one true God. And I'm just hoping that you can share your thoughts with us on what that would look like for each of us to engage our neighbors, our family, our friends from that perspective with the desire 
to help people consider how to live a life of faith and trust in God? Yeah, I would encourage people to um, to to do on the job learning to jump into to, to relationships. I mean, the basis of all evangelism is in personal relationships, and so. If you can find a way in whatever city you live in to to engage in cross-cultural friendships, whether it's through teaching English or just uh, partnering with a ministry like PRISM and finding ways to, you know, inviting someone for Thanksgiving or just just finding a way to, to invite someone into your home who normally doesn't belong there. You know, the on, on the job and not feeling like you have to have your life perfectly together before you're able to do ministry. I think so often God uses the struggles that we go through and while we're wrestling with stuff that we're able to um, share our struggle and share how God is working through a tough situation and, you know, in our own lives. And, you know, I, I would say don't wait until you feel like you have your act totally together to, to, to jump into ministry. You know, God can actually use it to cause growth in your own life and, 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 and get your, get your mind in an outward focus. And, and I think that is healthy and it, it can be a blessing to, I always say with missionary, when I was a missionary overseas, that missionaries are blessed as much as the people to whom they go. And it's like, God cares about you too, not just the people you're trying to reach. And, and I think that what we do well at PRISM is making sure all of our our mission field people, the international students and scholars, feel genuinely cared for. You know, there's no real agenda. We're not disappointed if, like, if they take our free furniture and we never see them again. That's okay. But God will will draw those His calling to Himself, and it's such a joy to see how He does call some, and we get to see who those are, and 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 those relationships blossom. And uh, yeah, so I would. So don't be afraid to jump in. Don't wait till your life is uh, perfect because it probably never will be till heaven. And, and so, yeah, um, it's it's it, it can really be a, a great joy for for you to and fun to cross relationships. I you know I had dinner in a guy's apartment last week, or no maybe a few weeks ago from Afghanistan, and he was helping as a translator the U.S. military in Afghanistan. He just he figured that he would never get out, that he would just have to die so the generation behind him could be more free. And he, he fully expected the Taliban would kill him, but he somehow got on a list to be able to get out of the country. And he got out and he came here as, and is now a student at Carnegie Mellon. But I went to his house. He wanted to have me over and he made this Afghan. We're sitting on the floor. I felt like I was in Afghanistan and he invited three friends from Afghanistan. And it was just it's just so much fun to I always joke with people like, you know, there's a spiritual gift of hospitality. I say I have the spiritual gift of receiving hospitality. They want to serve you. They want to cook. And when you say yes, and you, you know, it, it kind of lets them serve you. It really makes for a, a meaningful, mutual relationship. And so I think that's. Sometimes as Americans, we can always be in the position of, of power because we have maybe more resources or more, um, you know, whatever. Uh, we have uh, end up being the, on the giving end always, but it's so important to be on the receiving end from, from time to time as well. So I say to people, you'll, you'll be blessed when you can, you can actually let them 
invite you to their little humble apartment and cook a meal for you is really significant. That is significant. And I really appreciate the encouragement to not wait until you feel like you have it all together, but just um, to trust God and to follow Him in faith and pursue relationships with people, because that's kind of what it's all about, right? Being in relationship with people to invite them to the greatest relationship they could ever have, right? The, a relationship yeah, I, with God. I think you hit it on the head. It's it's remembering that that we ourselves were aliens and strangers, you know, to God's family. And he, through an ultimate act of hospitality, you know, sent his son to give everything to welcome us into his home and his family. And that's really what we're modeling. And we're, we're modeling what Christ did for us. And, um, and so it's, it's, there's great um, challenges in that, but there's great joy, you know, just as Christ saw the joy beyond the cross. And so I think uh, we can uh, just see that God is, by his sovereign plan, has moved people to our region for his purposes. And uh, it's, 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 it's so amazing to see that. And, uh, you know, God uses the church. He uses Christian community to to be a blessing to to those uh, he's calling to himself. And so it's, uh, I, I love, our number one strategy as an organization is to mobilize the local church. Not, not to say to the local church, hey, just send us the support check so that we'll do the ministry. No, no, we're saying, yeah, okay, we do need support, but we want to use that to make contacts to help you do the ministry. And so we're really trying to help local churches be more successful in reaching this mission field that God has brought to us. That's amazing. And what a mission field God has brought to you guys in the Pittsburgh region. And uh, what an encouragement for all of us to think about how God can use us in the mission fields where He's placed us. So thank you, Scott, for your time today. Thank you for your willingness to share your heart and some information about your ministry with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of On The Move by 21C International. 21C International is a Christian nonprofit organization on a mission to encourage, equip, and empower Christian pastors in the global South by providing free, informal biblical and pastoral training. You can visit 21C International to learn more and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform to hear more about missions, international ministry, and how God is changing lives around the world.